Hey everybody, welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and on today's show, we're talking about raising a lot of private money for your real estate investment business. How incredible would it be if you could raise $3 million in three months for your business? What would that do and how would it change your business? Well, my guest today, Danny and Flip, set a goal to raise $3 million during our quarterly accountability session in our mastermind group and they've hit two and a half million in the first eight weeks and are on track and on pace to hit that 3 million goal. It, incredible, absolutely incredible. So today, we're gonna talk about how they're doing it, you know, what, what they're doing, what's moving the needle, uh, some of the conversations that they're having. Really exciting show when it comes to raising money. They've done over a thousand deals. They do turnkey investments in Ohio. Really cool and exciting stuff. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, guys, we have a really exciting show. I'm pumped up. I've got Danny and Flip. Robison, Robison, did I say that you right? You got it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Four thumbs up from my guests, and obviously pre-show, um, I was mispronouncing their last name over and over and over again. I even did it on the first cut, so don't tell anybody. But uh, I'm excited to have them on the show today because, uh, you know, we've had lots of different people come into our mastermind. We've got some incredible people, but th these members are some of the most giving people I've ever met. They they're growing incredibly fast. They they're doing all kinds of things. They're so helpful. And I just can't wait to get to know them a little bit better on the podcast and spend some more time with them and share them with all of you and some of the tactics, tips, and strategies and things that they're using right now, doing thousands of deals. They've done over a thousand real estate deals. Absolutely amazing. So Danny and Flip, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank oh, you so much for having us. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, why don't we, I know like I read the bio before the show started, but I think it's, it's always better to hear a little bit about somebody's background from the people that have done it, that have lived it, because it's sometimes, I, I don't know, I, I, when I'm interviewed on other shows and somebody reads my bio, I'm like, you know, it just sounds like, I, it wasn't that way, right? It was a lot harder than that. It was, I wasn't like born that way. It wasn't something that came easy. So we'd kind of dig into it. So why don't you tell a little bit like the cliff notes of your story, a little bit maybe about how you found us and came into our community. And then what are you guys doing now? So how far back do I go? <laughs> uh, well, 2008 was really, uh, that was our, our point where we knew that we wanted to go into real estate. We had been on cruise ships. We, we were both musicians. Uh, we went into, uh, we were art auctioneers on cruise ships. We were doing a little bit of everything. And in 2008, we're like, you know what? Real estate's where we want to be. Let's do it. Of course, this was also right when everything started to, the, the floor started to fall out of the, out of the real estate market. Um, we were in Austin, Texas, and we got our real estate license, which was, that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you want to get into real estate. So we, uh, we're both realtors, and we did one deal in the first eight months. Um, and so while we're just burning through our, our, uh, our funds uh, that we had, uh, that was when we both realized we both wanted to go into real estate investing. Uh, and so, again, in typical fashion for Danny and I, we jumped in with both feet. And uh, we did actually what most people don't do is we actually took a class and actually did what they taught us. Um, <laughs> and so we hit the ground running doing short sales and uh, uh, doing uh, 
seller financing basically and sub twos. Uh, and that's what was perfect for that market. Uh, and we loved it. And uh, we actually started to build, build up a following actually at that time as well, because we were the, the, the person that we studied under, he actually was so surprised at how successful we were that he actually flew us out to his events so that we could teach people what we were doing, which we were just doing what he was telling us to do in the first place. Uh, and so, uh, so we were on these expert panels all over the country and we just kept, uh, we, we built up a following. We had a little coaching class that we were doing. Uh, but that was our, that, this was our, the thrill of the chase, you know, going out and getting, getting the deal and, and, uh, you know, waking up the next day, where's the next deal and, and what are we going to do today and, and what marketing are we doing today? Uh, and so it's, and then we, that was all in Texas. Uh, and then we moved to Phoenix and we did the same thing over there. We, we found what was working in Phoenix and we adjusted uh, because what we were doing in Texas wouldn't work in uh, Arizona. Uh, and so we had to completely redo our, our focus, uh, but that didn't take long. We just, again, we hit it and uh, um, we were there in Phoenix for a couple of years. And that's when we started, uh, that's when this, uh, what we're doing now, that's when we discovered that, uh, which is turnkey real estate. And when we discovered it, uh, we realized, both of us realized right away, this is what we want to do. Uh, because in real estate, you're usually, you're, you'll sell something to somebody, but you probably won't see them for another five or seven years. Uh, or if you buy something from somebody, you probably won't see them for another, whatever, seven years. With Turnkey, we're buying uh, these properties and rehabbing them, but then we're selling them to investors that we want those investors to buy more, more than one. We want them to buy five or 10. And so we're creating a, uh, a following and we're creating a, uh, a, a, um, a base uh, for us uh, that, and it, it was, it was a win for everybody. It was a win for us. It was a win for the sellers. It was a win for the investors. Uh, and so we absolutely loved it. We're like, this is what we want to do. However, we were in Arizona and the turnkey that we were doing was in Ohio. Um, so uh, like the Beverly Hillbillies, we loaded up the, uh, <laughs> the vehicle that we went from Phoenix to uh, Ohio. Uh, Danny's first winter, her first snow yes. ever. Um, and, but this is where I was born and raised. I was born in Ohio and so it was coming home for me. Uh, and we, we jumped in again with both feet and we've been doing it ever since. And we've got clients that uh, bought properties from us that very first year that are still buying properties from us uh, because we were creating a McDonald's approach to our properties. So that way when they buy one, when next time they see another property, they know what it's going to have. They know what the what kind of a grade uh, that property is going to be in, uh, and what kind of carpet, what kind of you know flooring, whatever. Uh, so it's it's creating that uh, that the raving fan that Danny she Danny always talks about raving fans. We want to create raving fans, and that's what we're doing with our clients. So that's how we got to where we are here. So what what year was that that you moved from Phoenix to Ohio? Two thousand fifteen. Okay. So you've been, you've been there for five years now doing this. You jumped right into turnkey in 2015 or you were there before yeah. doing that from Phoenix long distance. Well, it started in two, the beginning of 2015 and, and I sold probably, uh, probably 20, probably 20 properties while living in Phoenix, but those properties were in Ohio. So I was selling properties that I'd never even seen before uh, to investors I've never met before. Uh, because with turnkey, it, it's about the numbers. It's, it's not emotional. Uh, and so it's, uh, so we started doing it in 2015 when we were actually in Phoenix, but then the end of 2015, we moved, uh, over to Ohio. Okay. So moved to Ohio and was it uh, just immediate success from 2015 to 2020? Were there any struggles in there? Like, what did that look like as you started building out? Was it pure turnkey that you were doing? Oh yeah, it was pure turnkey, but the, um, 
I think the biggest struggle that we had since 2015 is property management. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we saw a video in 2015 and, and the person on the video said, uh, always have your property management in-house because no one will take as good of your properties as you will. And we go, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that easy to set up property management in the state of Ohio. There's a bunch of hoops you have to jump through. Uh, and so we kept finding property management companies that we thought were good. And we went through five, yeah, five, five. That, that, that was quick. Good answer. <laughs> we went through five. Uh, so, but then last summer, uh, we were done with going through so many that we just said, we're, it's uh, bur burn the boats. We, we went in uh, again, both feet. Um, and uh, we created our own property management company and that launched October of last year officially. Uh, and now it has 401 properties, 401 doors. So it's, uh, it's doing well. Sounds like Danny might be the numbers person in this relationship. <laughs> I don't know. So 401 uh, approximately, <laughs> give or take Approx zero. <laughs> Yeah, plus or minus. <laughs> Just checked you know, our KPI <laughs> trackers. I <laughs> got it. So, so for those that are listening that might not, uh, like, you know, maybe you're a wholesaler or flipper or something and don't really understand turnkey. So turnkey properties, you, you buy a house, you fix it up, you put a tenant in it, and then you either, you typically sell it to an out-of-state investor or another investor that just wants the return. They want a passive investment that they don't see. Um, so I have one in Memphis that... Uh, I, so I was really interested in turnkey, like building a turnkey business a couple of years ago, just like you guys are talking about, because I love the fact that I could have a property management company with, when, when the tenant, like when the owner that lives in California for my property wants to sell, who do they sell it through? You, the, the yes. property manager, the turnkey company. So I can make a commission there. I can turn around and sell it. So there's a lot of different like money making points and touch points in that where you don't just make money once, you can make it over and over. And you have this residual uh, uh, money that comes in from the property management side of things where you're taking a percentage. You make the profit on the, on the, on the sale of that house. Uh, you can make a percentage of the monthly rent as a property manager. It's, there's lots of different things. You can typically make some money from the title company, the insurance provider, affiliate relationships, things like that um, in certain, certain areas. So looking at all that, it was a great ecosystem that I saw. And down in Pensacola, we have some great numbers for the stock. Like we can get 2% properties like you guys have in Ohio. And so I saw this as a potential, um, when I was a deal junkie, I was like, this is it. So I'm a, I bought one in Memphis and I was doing exactly what I do. I wanted to hack their system. I just wanted to see what it was like. They did a phenomenal job. There was a six month waiting list. Um, they sent the pictures when the property, when a property would come up, it would be gone in an hour. Like the marketing of that was like so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, it's my turn. I got to get online. You've got to get this thing right away. <laughs> and they did such a good job of like building up that scarcity and urgency and all that stuff. And then they showed the pictures along the way. And so I, I still, it's the only single family rental that I have right now, other than this Airbnb that we just did a podcast on like a couple uh, episodes ago with Mike nice. Simmons, where he interviewed me about buying it back. I had to buy this house back that I got sued on. So there's a, uh, those are the only two properties that I own still. And, um, it's, it was interesting and I wanted to do it, but my stop, like the, the, the wall that I hit was exactly what you just said. I don't want to be a property manager. I like, I don't have the capacity to build that company right now or the right person in, down in Pensacola that can run that company and that you have to have a broker. It has to be under a broker. There's a lot of things that have to happen. So, um, that property management side was, was tough for me. And I think if I could crack that nut, then it's a great business because you can, I mean, you make money in multiple different touch points. It's really great. And uh, like you said, that this, it's like a boomerang. That deal keeps coming back to you over and over again. And um, <laughs> if you can systemize and automate that, it can be really exciting. So how many turnkey properties do you guys do a year now? 
We did 72 last year, um, and we're looking to do over 100 this year. Okay, and then are you guys doing anything else, or are you just turnkey, you're just buying and turnkeying these? Are you also wholesaling or flipping or doing any of that other stuff? We are wholesaling and flipping. Uh, so we do, I would say 10% of what we do is uh, retail uh, flips or wholesale flips, where we're just doing like less than 5,000 work and just throwing it on the MLS. Um, we also are wholesaling. That is something that we just started in September of last year. Mm -hmm. So that's still new to us and we're still learning through the mastermind group exactly best practices there. But that allows us to cherry pick all the deals that we want to buy and then wholesale the rest. Cool. And so what kind of brought you into this world? Like how did you find about seven figure flipping? How, you guys have been in our world for about a year now, I think. So what, what did that look like? Like how did you guys find out about this and, and uh, what did you think? Well, I love coaches. I love mastermind groups. There's nothing I've ever done in life without finding somebody who's already done it before. And I just follow their path because I believe in letting their mistakes be their mistakes. And I get to learn and kind of cheat the learning curve. Uh, so in real estate, uh, we've always had coaches. And, and as we grow out of that, what that coach has taught us, we're looking for new opportunities and new mastermind groups. So I actually interviewed three and the person I talked to on the phone, I don't even know what his name is, but he was genuine. He was authentic. He really cared about me and my path, where I was going, uh, how advanced I was. So I was put into the right, you know, group and that this was going to be valuable to me. And the other guys were sales guys. They just wanted to, you know, pitch me. Yours was more expensive, but the person I talked to was so authentic and genuine. It's just the truth, right? That I'm going to go after the more expensive one because of who you guys are. And it's just proven to uh, be true for our entire time. This is like the best group we've ever been a part of and I wouldn't change anything ever and I'd pay double the price to be in it because of Fish. the savings. <laughs> uh, just because of everything, the value that we're getting, the savings that we get on everything else. It was just the right choice. Trust your gut, go with somebody who's, you know, authentic. I believe in that. Do you think it was part of like uh, that, that culture that was being provided by the person that you talked about was shining through and you could feel that this was a place that you wanted to be so it was less about price and more about kind of just being with your people? 100%, yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, that, that's what I was hearing there because I, I, a lot of times it's, yeah, I don't know, we, I've, over the past year since I bought this company, I've really been thinking about like, what is it that, that we do, that we have, like how, who, who do we bring in, what does it look like? And we don't do a ton of like marketing and stuff like that anymore. It, we've, I've kind of changed the strategy a little bit and made sure that, that our members are taken care of um, primarily like that's that's the focus like if i know if we have a really great product the back end really matters in what we do right and it's not the salesperson up front like you're talking about then your price kind of goes out the window for a lot of people it's like what you know is this where i need to be am i getting and there's value but there's a lot of there's a lot of you know kind of what what can we do together like how can we work together and bring the right people in because i know if we have the right people then you guys like really take care of each other a lot like you're talking about the coaches a mastermind like being around other people and you're, you guys are phenomenal like input on what we're doing. Like part of why we're so great is because of you and because of everybody else inside the group. That's, that's what makes us really great. And so what my responsibility is, is to figure out how do I go out and find a Danny and flip, right? And how do I make sure that we bring those people in to share their experience and their knowledge and they're looking to kind of move up and level up and how do we, how do we attract folks like you. So uh, it's funny because you made that joke, but I wrote down raise prices right here. So <laughs> okay, you interviewed three, we were the most expensive. So, and, but Don't you tell anybody much, I right? said that. Yeah. Okay, we'll beep that, that out. We'll beep that out of the interview, but I'll use it on like every, um, every ad that I run on Facebook. So, uh-huh, yeah. Um, you can. I, like, hey, before we raise prices, like Danny's telling us to raise prices, put your application, go to sevenfigureoutstude.com, fill out your application. So, um, all right. 
So, um, and then, so what's changed? You guys jumped in here, you were doing, you were doing business, you, you obviously knew what you were doing, you had been teaching and coaching and those kind of things in the past on lots of these different strategies, you know what you're doing. So what did you, when you jumped in, like what did that, what did that look like? What change has happened over the last year? I would say we're better at everything that we do. So we were new to wholesaling. So everything that we're learning from the wholesaling, that was a real big game changer for us because we're learning from the experts. You guys have already done it. You've done it for years. You're here. I want to be joining you too. So we watched all the videos. We interact in the Facebook group and we learn from you guys who've been doing it for a long time and just took everything that you guys have been saying and we've been testing it out here in our market. We understand our market might be different than yours, so it is a test, but at least we're learning what works. And then we start there instead of of trying something that maybe everybody goes, no, don't do that. It sucks. Um, uh, and then same thing for the rehab. Um, I, I didn't even know how much rehab to expect when we entered this group. Um, but there's some really, really knowledgeable rehabbers in this group and they have taught us so much. I had thought I had learned hundreds of thousands of dollars in mistakes already. Um, but they have continued to teach me stuff that I didn't have to, you know, make the mistake on. They'd made our business more efficient, you know, with cost codes and standardized pricing that we're working on and all kinds of things that allows me to keep leveling my business up that I wouldn't have had unless I was just trying to figure it out on my own. Yeah. You know, you said, you said you were active. You guys are really active. You're watching the videos. You're, you're, you know, putting information in, you're constantly commenting, asking questions. You're involved. You guys are always at the events and you're right there. You're, you're like right in the front. You're, you're, you're participating, right? And I think that's a big part of all of this. Like, that's why I saw, I really feel like my success was as fast as it was inside of a group like this, because I was constantly like going out and getting all the things that I needed. Like nobody was going to stop me because for me, like when, when I paid $25,000, I went, okay, I'm going to get $150,000 or more out of this thing. So I'm, every single day I'm like, give me, I, I want the value. I want the value. And then over time it became, okay, I, now I've got something to give too. So like I was take, take, take in the beginning. And then you guys came in and you had a ton to give. You guys had way more experience than me when I came in, obviously. So first of all, thank you for that. Like you guys are just absolutely amazing. You're like, when we have, you, you talk about raving fans, like I'm a huge raving fan of yours and, and we have these incredible members, right? And you guys are right up at the top. So thank you for that. Okay, let's talk about what we came to talk about today. And you guys are in raising money mode. And yes. I wanted to bring you on the podcast to talk, like tell your story a little bit. I think the turnkey stuff is a, interesting for people we're bringing on. It's, it's definitely another exit strategy to think about, especially in times like this, where if you can't move a property, what could you potentially do with it? And then, um, and, and something like that, as well as everything that you guys are doing, you have your hands in so many things. So we'll kind of talk about that too, towards the end, I'm sure. But let's talk about raising money because um, this is something that I really feel like I've given a ton of presentations on this. I feel like raising money is probably one of the reasons why I was able to grow my business as fast as I did because I had the ability to close on properties when other people didn't. And right. so, and I could wholesale and wholetail and, and flip and I could do lots of different things. So um, let's talk about just what is your like focus right now on raising money? Like how much are you raising? Why are you raising it? And then we can go from there. Okay, so we're raising another three million. We had, at the end of 2019, we always have our annual planning. So I evaluate what's, what's happened. And I realized that we had $3 million in active money amongst 17 lenders. And so we did 72 deals. We are making a goal of do, do, doing over 100. And that previous year, we doubled. We more than doubled our, our um, mm -hmm. number of deals. So I thought, if we can just double the 72, maybe get to 140, we need more capital to be able to turn more properties. And we use the private money um, simply because flips our director 
of acquisitions. He's in charge of buying the properties. His ability to negotiate is very much largely dependent upon how much capital we have and our ability to say, we're, we're going to close with cash and we're going to close fast. What do you need? Meet the goals of the seller and we've got the capital available and we can do as many deals as we can find essentially. <laughs> so Flip, are you more confident walking in or, or like managing your team and your staff to walk in knowing that you have like millions of dollars behind you to actually buy that house and go through with what you're talking about or does it like, is that part of it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, some of the guys, they, they're like, well, you know, we got this package of four. Would we be, I'm like, yes, I got unlimited funds. Go, go. And that gave them the, the, uh, you know, a whole new uh, outlook on, on their negotiations and just going out to get deals. They're incredibly more confident. Yeah. When, when, when I was like in my mind, learning how to go out and negotiate with sellers, I would, even when I didn't have any money, I would always imagine like I've got a million dollars in my pocket and I'm walking into this house and I can buy anything. And in our vision statement for our like, three-year picture of our company, our, the la very last bullet point is we have unlimited funds and we can buy anything that comes across our desk. So when we're interviewing people, like this is the place that we want to get to and we want it to be true, right? We want to be able to just, if I need $2 million tomorrow, I can just call somebody up or, or make a Facebook post or, or reach out to my network of people, my the kind of email list of, of potential lenders that I've already had conversations with, built relationships with, and they're just kind of like ready to lend money. They're just waiting for the deal. And that's, that's my goal of, to get there. And we're pretty close. I really do feel like we can fund just, just about anything. Um, and there's not, we were about to start raising money for an $18 million deal before this coronavirus happened. And I was confident nice. that we would get, we would get that done um, with the structure that we had in place. So let's talk about like, what do you, so, okay, we want to raise $3 million. You set this goal in 2019. So how have you been doing that? Let's like, let's break it down for the people who are listening, like $3 million. Like I just want to raise $150,000 for this deal that I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do right now. So what, um, what are some of the things that you guys are doing to help that? Absolutely. So the very first thing that we did is we created an expert panel video because a lot of times I get on the phone uh, with these uh, lenders and they have a lot of questions about how it works. And I thought there's one thing of me actually describing all of this to them and there's a totally different feeling and experience if you get to hear from the attorney, the CPA, the self-directed IRA specialist, and one of my private lenders, one of the very first that has mm -hmm. been lending with us for years. And she's referred us probably over 50% of our current lenders and can testify to the fact that, you know, we're in this and our reputation is on the line. You're not going to lose any money. I'll lose money before you ever lose money. And that's a big deal to lenders knowing that that's, um, that relationship is so valuable to us that we would never put them at risk and we'll figure out how to pay them off, how to do whatever we have to do in order to keep that relationship and keep growing because we really truly are growing this business because of that private lender database and the trust that they have in us. Um, so I forgot what the rest of your question was, but I answered part of it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I was asking kind of like, what are some of the things that we can, oh. we can do to raise money? So one of them, you had this expert panel video that you put together. Yes. So it's got um, different people that you work with. Well, what's the step before that? Like you're building the relationships with those folks, right? You didn't just reach out to an attorney and say, Hey, um, can you just make an expert panel video with me or will you jump on with four other of your friends and create something for me? Um, we've got people out there who are probably just starting to raise like some of their first bits of money, like the first hundred thousand, first 200,000, first 500,000. So if you could go back in time a little bit, what are some of the tips that you would give them? Gosh, I would go back to when we first uh, started talking to people. We really just um, got on the phone uh, with people. We started sharing things um, on Facebook and with our network of who we are and what we do uh, so that people would 
start asking us questions. And literally on the phone, we would just start expressing, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we're growing. These are the things that we're looking for. And depending on the goals of that person, that would start a conversation. Um, many times, if they were actually on the phone with us for turnkey real estate mm -hmm. for some reason, if they decided they wanted to diversify and they needed some of their money liquid, I would open up the conversation to private money. So it was literally at the very beginning, I didn't know what to do. So it was word of mouth, you know, network with the people that you're already talking to and see if some doors can be opened. Um, that allows you to learn the best practices of how to do this successfully more and more. Okay. So have conversations. What I heard in there was pull out their goals. So like listen to them, find out what they're looking to do because you've got people who have money in the stock market. You've got people who have money in their bank account and a CD and a money market account, IRAs, 401ks. So you have long-term, short-term money. You got people that want to make cash flow. Like you talked to, maybe you have a turnkey investor that you're talking about who said, you know, I really just don't want to deal with the properties. Can you just take some of my money and give me a return on it, right? So you're, you're hitting all these different people at that time. And I think a mindset is really big on, um, on a lot of this. Like the first step that I usually go to in raising money is, wh what do you, how do you think about money? How do you think about, is it possible to raise $150,000? There's probably people who are listening to this podcast right now who are saying, she's crazy, $3 million in a year? Like what? <laughs> No way. That's not going to happen. And she already raised 3 million. She needs to double that. And so like, what, what are some of the, the were some of this like, pr like issues that you hit? You, you're planning to raise $3 million. Is do you have any, any limiting beliefs behind that? Is there anything behind you that said, I can't do it or at any point in your time that said, I don't think we can do this. Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll say I not only had limiting beliefs back then about even knowing how to have the conversation. What do I say? What do they want to hear? Um, I didn't know any of those things. I was very scared. But if I didn't step out and actually uh, start the conversation, I wouldn't know what questions that they are asking. So it was taking notes on every single phone call and not being afraid to actually start even if I didn't know anything and I'm never afraid to go, I don't know, but I'll find out. <laughs> um, so I did that a lot at first and then I learned. But I will say that limiting beliefs and um, doubt it, it's it's carried with me every single day. Um, we have a weekly accountability group, as you know, in um, 7FF. I signed up for one and we meet every single Monday afternoon with there's eight of us. And I literally said, this is a big ask and I do not know if I can do it. I've got limiting beliefs that I can even, you know, raise this amount of capital in this amount of time. But that doesn't stop me from taking one step forward and then the, the next step forward to uh, figure it out and network with others on how can I do it? Because I know it's possible um, and I'm going to figure it out until I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I see that for sure. And it's pretty cool because you're constant. I, I, I see you, I see the way that you act inside the Facebook groups and at the events and you're not afraid to like ask questions and say, I don't know something. And I think that's really important if you're listening to hear that because I mean, the person who thinks that they know everything and they don't, or they act like it, it's not somebody somebody wants to work with like authenticity, uh, actually being honest and upfront and truthful and trustworthy. That is the biggest yes. thing for a private lender. Like you, they've got a note, They'll get to know you. They should like you, but they have to trust you. Like <laughs> yes. that is the biggest thing because return on capital is the most important thing as a, as a lender myself. I lend money on deals and I have had, I have lost my principal before, not just my interest. I've lost my principal before on deals that haven't gone right. And that's the most important thing as I've started to learn now is, am I going to get my principal back? Then I'll worry about like, if you're going to pay me 50% interest, Let's talk about how I'm going to get my principal back first, you know, because if I don't feel like that's going to happen, I could care less about what interest rate you're going to write on that note. So that's, right. uh, that's really important. And 
So you talked about uh, the accountability groups. And so we have these accountability groups that meet in between our, our events. And it's like a quarterly, three months, 12 weeks, right around there. And you come up with these actions. So was your goal for your accountability session, this session to raise $3 million or what was it? Yes, it's to raise $3 million. And I have five actions. One is to post on Facebook. Um, one is to send thank you uh, cards. One is to ask for referrals. One is to follow up once a week with emails. It's all the things that you should be doing to keep the connection and keep the momentum. And it truly, those five steps uh, were created. I used the template that you guys created. You guys made it so super easy. I was like, I've already done this and I'm using their template. This is awesome. Um, and it's created a snowball effect, right? So um, I'm continually keeping uh, in touch with them, nurturing the relationships. Um, and that is bringing people back who said, yeah, let me see a funding packet. I'm going to get back to you. I've got this weekly uh, follow-up sequence because it's part of my accountability um, task to report in each week. Um, and it's really causing this snowball effect where sometimes I just get too busy. And if I didn't have that in place, perhaps, you know, I drop a few private lenders that would have lent with us. And it's really because of those steps that got put in place. And now so many people on Facebook know I'm raising private money. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of great. I get private messages all the time from people I don't know that even had money to lend. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Some of the people that reach out, you're like, wait a second, you're, you've been a teacher for 30 years. You have how much in your IRA or you're, <laughs> you're a fireman? Like yeah. what is going on? It's crazy. Like the pensions that I see from people who are just, you know, government workers or, um, or have worked a job and they're just huge savers and you have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like you have no idea that people have money. So it's really surprising who, who, and the people who, it looks like they have a lot of money who don't, right? Yes. So it's a millionaire next door concept. <laughs> it's, uh, I see it a lot and I'm always shocked with somebody who's reaching out and saying, well, Hey, I got, you know, $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. I'd just be interested in talking with you about it. And I like to come at it from a consultative approach. Just, Hey, let's just have a conversation. Let's figure out right. um, what this looks like. I'll educate you a little bit about what we do and how we do it. And then you can determine if that sounds like something you want to move forward and, and, and get interested in, or maybe diversify into. And usually what I find is they just dip their toe in and if the water's nice and warm, the next thing you know, they're jumping in with their million, you know, the hundred thousand dollars is just a, just a test. Yes. How are you going to do? How are you going to do with this? Okay. Now you can have the whole enchilada. So, um, you'll be surprised with that. I think that's your follow-up, your thank you cards, like sending some things out like that. That's probably where a lot of that pays off. Uh, do you have any stories like that where you've had somebody that's come in and has invested with you and then just like trying you out? And the next thing you know, there's a whole bigger conversation behind that. For sure. Over and over and over. It's like, it's a consistent pattern. It's very rare that I have somebody actually tell me up front what they really have. Um, and I've created a, a program of uh, interest rate levels. Um, so most people will start with $100,000. And I think that's all they have. And I'm appreciative. I'm incredibly grateful. I'm going to start this relationship. and I'm going to use it on a deal. They do a deal, maybe two deals, but after they've done one or two, they're like, hey, I got a few hundred thousand dollars over here in this account. Um, so one person has turned from 200 into ultimately 1.3 million. And just recently in this uh, current 3 million raise, the reason I'm so close to finishing is one turned into 100,000 on the phone call, 200,000 after they meet medicine person. And then, oh, I've got this other investment over here, 1.5 million. If I moved it to you, what could you do? And so I was like, well, let's talk and let's just figure out that win-win. And suddenly in my accountability call, I'm like, I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you can see that. And that's the snowball that you're talking about, right? You're building the core of that snowball and it just starts rolling down the hill. And, right. and it's that follow-up. It's that doing what you say you're going to do. It's the trust. Mm -hmm. It's all of those things that are happening, right? So like it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's so, 
it's so interesting to hear. Like you said, there is, it seems like there is a path that everybody takes. It's, it's predictable that they're going to say $100,000. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, it turns into two and then five and then a million. And it's, it's, I'm constantly keeping up with my lenders. I'm constantly emailing them and giving them updates about the business, not asking them for money or further investments or anything like that. But um, I usually, I like to use the term, like the phrase, um, is there anybody else that you know who would be interested in investing with us or that you could, like a ref, you mentioned asking for referrals or when I'm talking to somebody or I'm mentioning what we do, I usually say, is there any, like, I'll tell them what I do I give my elevator pitch, like, you know, our little uh, value statement, if you will. And then at the end, it's, hey, do you know anybody who might be interested in investing with a company like that? But really I'm saying, do you want to invest with a company like that, right? And they, they don't feel like they're, they're being directed and asked and they can have to say yes or no. Usually the answer is, well, I'm not sure, but I'm interested. And that's like one of my favorite lines to be unassuming and a very easy approach, casual approach. Um, the other thing that I've heard is people that are like talking to lenders where they're, they're actually pitching under the pretense that I'm going to practice this. Would you mind listening to me? Would you mind just listening to what, what it is like and how it goes? And by the end of the conversation, they're like, man, you could do all that? Like, this sounds awesome. (laughs) I thought it was a great presentation, but I'm actually interested. And so they'll actually come to the table and just say, uh, hey, can I I practice some of it uh, with you? So I think all of these tips are things that I've learned along the way. I've heard from other people. Like like you said, you've joined masterminds, you've joined joined different places and coaches and trainings and stuff like that. And I don't think that anything that I do is original in any of it. Like not one thing, just a a lot like what you guys were saying. Um, But I feel like I've just tried to get really, really good at it and take the things that I love and filter it down to the stuff that fits for me and my business. So what are some of the other things that you're doing to raise money? You talked about ex- expert panel video. Any other tips on like the bigger scale of things that you're doing? For sure. I, I asked, um, I sent out an email. So you actually uh, taught me this. This is another gold nugget and from uh, the mastermind group is I had asked you for a lender investment update. You had announced in the it, announced in the group, hey, I sent this out to my lenders just to let them know what's going on in the market. If you want to see a copy of the email, I copied and pasted that email, (laughs) edited it (laughs) just to fit our company. And, you know, of course you want to make it yours. And so I made it mine and sent it out. And I've started doing that once a month so that the lenders are always, you know, just they don't necessarily want to hear from me, but they love hearing from me. And I do a little personal touch with them. Um, and so I did that for the referrals. I let them know, hey, we're starting some new programs. Here's the things that we're doing. I would love to talk to anybody that you might know that would like to invest with us uh, as well. And suddenly I'm getting more and more referrals just because I sent one email asking the question and I hadn't done that before. So that was kind of a, you know, take the time to think, Danny. You can ask the existing people that already work with you, love you and trust you. And they're going to send you names. So that was something that I started with, got a lot of names there. And then I started talking to, this has been a big one, um, people that I work with on the turnkey side um, who are sending us turnkey buyers. They're, they've got a huge circle of influence. And I said, hey, would you mind talking to them about the fact, you know, just interview me, do a podcast with me, or just, you know, send an email out and just say, hey, there's this company, you've already been uh, buying turnkey properties from them. They're also doing a capital raise. And so they're actually um, just talking about that as in an educational reference. Here's an expert panel video. Um, and so that's that's gotten a lot of uh, traction as well. Awesome. You know, you mentioned that email. So I, I don't even know. I think, so what I, I wanted to do was I used to send that annually. It was like the end of the year, Christmas, I would send it for the update for the year. And then I noticed when I sent it one time that somebody was like, hey, thanks for reminding me. Like I didn't even, I, there was no ask. There was no anything like that. It was just, 
hey, I, um, it's the end of the year and I'm filling up my IRA. I want to kind of add the IRA money onto it. And I went, hmm, like this person only responded to me because I reached out to them. Like I sent an email to them. And so then I started doing it every quarter. I would send a quarterly update. And as I was doing it, I was like, whoa, this is seeing this big response. Like this person put in another 100,000 or 200,000. We can update them on things that we're doing, like the philanthropic efforts that we have, um, some of the other exciting things that we're doing. I would uh, attach some before and afters. I like make it kind of HGTV type stuff that, I, that they would be interested in watching. And then what I realized after that, so that was like my second year. And now I had raised like a million dollars. And then what I said, I said, you know what? I need to get in front of them more often but not in an email form and stuff like that. So the next step that I did was I hired somebody for social media where I didn't care what she did, like posting stuff on there, but I wanted her to do um, walkthroughs of every property that we were renovating. So I wanted nice. three walkthroughs per week to just document behind the scenes of all the different houses we're doing because I didn't want to manage the lender. I didn't want to um, I didn't want to have to, I was constantly like giving them updates on the properties that they were in. Mm -hmm. So now I, what I did was I said, Hey, just go to our page and go to our blackjack page and just watch the walkthrough of your property. You can see exactly where we are and what's going on. So for $12 an hour, she would go and just post stuff on Facebook and do all the walkthroughs. And so, <laughs> and, uh, she still does some stuff for us, like sign, she can sign documents for us down in Pensacola and things like that. Uh, I'm not sure if she listens to this. She's a good looking girl. And my, uh, my uncle is one of our lenders and he'll probably listen to this too. But he was like, <laughs> he was like, Hey, who do you got doing your social media, man? This is, this is great. Like, I love going to your page and watching my properties and stuff. So it was like attracting uh, different people to start paying attention to what we were doing and things like that. And, um, and so he was like, he was involved and engaged even before all, like all of that. I would direct him there and he would just watch it. And people are watching this stuff. Like they're looking, they're watching, they're opening the emails, they're doing all that stuff. Whether you think they are or not, your posts on Facebook right now, Danny, I see them. Like I'm watching it because I'm watching to say, hey, is there something there that I want to do? Like I see what she's doing there. She's reading this book. She's posting some tips from this book. And the book is about raising money. So she knows she's giving tips about raising money. And so I'm constantly watching what everybody's doing. And I'm not necessarily consuming all this, but I'm taking it and saying, okay, what can I do and how can I do it? So what mm -hmm. I saw was I thought that that social media presence was going to be more for our, our sellers to come in and see it. But it turned out, I was like, I can direct my lenders there. And it raised like an extra $2 million for the company based on just those walkthroughs, just the updates, the pictures, those, cause they were, they were like, mm -hmm. these guys actually do things. They actually renovate houses and sellers could go there and say, Whoa, like they're actually renovating houses. They're not just wholesalers, just turning my contract. Like everybody's saying they are, they're actually renovating houses. So all of that, that the email, the Facebook walkthroughs, the Everything that I can just tack on, like how can I get another touch? It's all marketing. Like it mm -hmm. is all marketing. And I, it's interesting because we, we lose the sight of that when we start laying down for our lenders. It's like, oh, you want two points and 12%? Sure. Like, absolutely. So Flip's area of sales comes into this, right? It's a, so we're marketing and constantly bringing people in. And then you, can, you, gotta, you can't forget that it, there is a sales aspect of, of dealing with private lenders too, of actually making sure that it's a win-win. And not just laying down and rolling over. We work sure. so hard to get the deal that when you bring in the lender, you got to be careful because we just give away the profit a lot of times to them. It's like, oh yeah, what do you want? Like 15%, 18%? Yeah. Two, two and 15, done. Like I just need the money, right? So um, right. there's, there's, a, there's a, um, an aspect of that for both parties. So what about like those conversations? So like as you're, as you're raising this money, is it, hey, this is, this is what we pay or are you, are you working that 
rate down? Are you, are you more interested in raising more money and you don't necessarily care about the cost of it? What does that look like? I am working the rate down. So when we very first started, we had, we started at 12% and then we uh, now are down to an eight and 10% um, program. And I've seen some of you guys that are like getting 6% and I'm just like, Oh, how did you do that? You guys are better than I am. Um, but I just created a standard program. So it could be, this is a standard because at this volume, um, my transaction coordinator is the one that helps me manage everything, puts the funding packets together, helps with payoff statements, you know, manages the in and out of every single deal. Um, so I needed to make it scalable for her so that she's not trying to have to look at a custom set of notes about what this lender is getting on each deal. So I just created something to entice them to lend more and, or at the very least start with a hundred thousand dollars. So I've got an 8% rate under a hundred and then 10% over a hundred. And I imagine that as I grow this money, I'll start stop using some of the more expensive lenders and start using some of these and then renegotiate and just explain to them, Hey, I'm a business and you know, we need to make sure that we're protecting our profit here. Uh, and so if you'd like to come back in at this level, this is where we're at. Um, and then I hope to continue to do that and be as good as some of you are at, you know, continuing to get those costs down, right? Because that's very, very important to the profitability of a company. Well, you know, I think when you when you start getting into like, I need you need to grow to three million or six million or ten million or twenty million, then at that point, if you're going for um, that, your time versus the amount of like the amount of effort you have to put in, you have to put a lot of effort into that person who has like fifty thousand dollars in their savings or a hundred thousand. Sure. Like that's that's they have an emergency fund, and then this is it. This is like hundred thousand dollars. They're like take care of this for me, you know? And then the person right. who's like, yeah, sure. I could do three or 4 million. And there, it's just a little bit different sophistication of lender. And when you get to a mm -hmm. different sophistication level, then there is a premium that gets paid on some of that money. Mm -hmm. And then there's, a, then there's a point where you get somebody who has so much money that they want the security and safety over the return potentially. So it's almost like, it, it's like a bell curve almost. So that person in the middle, like me, where I'm a little bit more risky, but I want a higher return. And then there's that person who may, maybe they have $10 million in the bank and they're willing to make an 8% return on 5 million fixed mm -hmm. where it's secured to, you know, a sizable rental portfolio or something. And they're a little bit more interested in doing like that, something like that. I think to my future, like where am I in my, in my lifetime right now when I get a little bit older and, and I, let's just say I have $10 million in the bank. I always think like, I would love to just invest with somebody who's going to give me 8% fixed return and I can make $800,000 a year and just do whatever I want to do. That sounds pretty exciting to me. Um, and I, obviously I'll, I'll continue to do something, but I, I don't need 12%, 15%, 18% right. with some, a risky new flipper. You know, I, I'll right. take somebody who's tried and true, been through the ringer, been through a couple cycles, and I know that they're going to make it happen. They're like a cockroach, right? So I'll invest <laughs> in that one. Right? Yeah, so, for sure. That's great and, insight. And that's, that's kind of like who, who the company that I want to be, I want to be the one where I'm saying, hey, I don't, I'm not, I don't pay the most uh, for money. Like we're not the, you're not going to make a ton, but we're, we're tried and true. We've been through this. I know what it's like and you're safe with us. Like, and, and I don't, I don't ever use the word safe um, as right. uh, like terms that I use and, and, and things like that. But I will say that, uh, you know, I, I think that we de-risk the situation from our experience and what we're doing. And so that's who I want to be down the road where people are like, you know what, I, I'd rather give my money to bill at 6%. They give my money to this risky flipper at 12% or 15% right. because I'm not sure I'm going to get it back. And mm -hmm. um, they've been around and I feel a lot better, you know, giving it over here to this, this almost like a bond, like a 6% bond. So, so that's kind of how I, how I talk to people. And I feel like as you get more experienced, your confidence goes up and so does your delivery. Mm -hmm. 
and the conversation that you're having. So I think it's a little bit easier for me to get money at five or 6% or 8% because I don't feel like I need it. And when I need it, they can see it. They can feel it. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, for sure. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> how, how much can I pay you to just say yes right now? Like, how, know, right? What, what kind of interest rate gets you to, to write that check to me today? Like, exactly. you know, it's a bad, bad place to be. And so I think time, time and rate are like inversely proportionate to each other. It's very clear. So if I need money like tomorrow, I'm going to have to pay more typically. Mm -hmm. And if I can, if I can like, you, you mentioned the snowball. Like if I start rolling the snowball down the hill, then I got time till I need, I need to get that 3 million. Then I don't necessarily need to be in, in so much of a rush. And I, I'm also much pickier about who I work with these days because um, some of the high maintenance lenders, it's just not a lot of fun. I got other <laughs> stuff I got to do. I can't take your call and your emails all the time to find out. Like you don't need to check on your money every three days. It's, it's good. <laughs> We're good right. here. Um, yeah, I'll update you. So, um, so what are like, what's the next step for you guys? What are some, um, so how close are you to the 3 million right now? We're like a month, what are we, a month away? A month away from our event? Uh, where, where are you at? Are you going to hit it? Yes, I'm at 2.5 and I do believe I'm going to hit it because my pipeline right now is people that I've talked to that have the other five that I need. So I think I'm going to be there. I'm very so, excited. Wait, so this is 2.5 million in, it's just in one session, one quarter, or two, is this multiple sessions? No, this is just uh, the eight weeks. I started when we started the accountability group. So that eight weeks is when I was doing the expert panel and getting all that. Uh, so there was some work. Um, so I'm already, and it was really, you know, one conversation that took me halfway there, right? So the rest of the conversations kind of filled up the pot on the other side. Well, I like how you downplayed that. Like, oh yeah, but yeah, but I, like, I got easy, an easy halfway. But you built that up, right? $3 yes. million dollars in, so two and a half million in eight weeks and you've got 500,000 to go to, to your three week or three months. So we do a quarterly accountability. So if you're listening to this, this was not $3 million in a year. This is $3 million in a quarter. And That's we're right. eight weeks through uh, so about two thirds of the way through, we have one more month to go before our event in, uh, which actually this is probably the first time anybody else is hearing it, but we moved it from Chicago down to Nashville because uh, the state of Illinois is not playing too nice with coronavirus and live events, but we're having a live event in Nashville in July. It's awesome. So, um, <laughs> and so I am open for handshakes and hugs. I am ready for the event. And uh, if anybody's not and they're coming to the event in person, that's okay. You don't have to, uh, we can fist bump or elbow or six feet wave. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's exciting. So that is incredible. Like the fact that you can raise that kind of money in eight weeks or, and, and, and potentially your 3 million in, in one quarter, that's the power of accountability. Don't you think? Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Every week I go there and I know they're going to ask me, what's my percentage? What was my win? And what was my failure? And I've got to fess up to that. Um, and it motivates me to keep on going, um, and do what I need to do in order to make it happen. I'm already motivated. That's just an extra account. You don't want to look like a failure to your peers. <laughs> so, okay. Serious question. Do you think that you would have hit that number without it? Without the accountability group? I don't think I would have pushed it as hard. I think I would have allowed myself to stretch it to two quarters, but I committed in this last session, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to push myself to get it done so that I can say goal hit. Cause that's a big deal for all of us in these accountability groups who hit their goal. And it's, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And I want to be one of the people that's raising their hands. So I think it definitely pushed me. I would have hit it no matter what, but I think I did it in a shorter period of time. Awesome. And I think that's what accountability does for us. I, I, yeah. I look back and I say, you know, I never thought that I could get to a business level that where I am now um, with who I was five years ago. 
And I, I'd say I would get to success. Like I would have gotten to a successful state of some sort. I don't know that I would have gotten to the level and where I, cause I've just never seen people running multi-million dollar companies. And, but it would have taken a lot more time. So I always think like what we do here is we just shortcut the learning curve. Like we really mm-hmm. can drop, like compress that time that it takes to get to a certain level uh, mm-hmm. faster. And I think exactly what you just said, that accountability group really was just shorten that curve. Uh, Flip, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you in an accountability group too? No, I'm not actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> shamed. You guys got shamed. If you're not watching the video, Danny just gave the uh, six-year-old version of shame. The, the finger and the other finger. Uh, like, not those fingers, but I, I don't know how to do this if you're not watching. Watch it on, watch it on our website. Go to 734.com slash podcast and watch. The, uh, I don't know. You're like wiping the other finger. I, it's uh, Whatever. <laughs> So it was you're ashamed and not doing, uh, not doing an accountability group. Um, so, you know, I've been, I've been getting like pressured into, um, into jumping into one of these things too. And I probably should, but, uh, I know <laughs> I've got a struggle right now. I just say yes to everything. So, um, my biggest accountability is to myself right now of just trying to like, uh, just not pack my schedule as tight as it is and say mm-hmm. that I can do all these things that I know that I probably shouldn't be doing. Um, I think they're great. I think they're moving the needle for everything, that, but I'm, I'm burning the candle at both ends. So if, if my accountability group needs to be to myself, I did the accountability with, um, with Andre, him and I did like a weight loss and, uh, and fitness accountability before the cruise. So that was fun. And I'd like to jump into it again. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll succumb to Becca's pressure in Nashville and join an accountability group. So we'll see. <laughs> I just don't know if I can take another meeting. So it, know, it's right? I hear you. what are they like 15 <laughs> minutes, 20 minutes long? Becca's doing an outstanding jobs. Absolutely amazing. Um, so what's, what's next for you guys? What's next for you guys in the company? We're going to continue on our growth path. So we've got five different companies and we're going to keep on, you know, completing that circle, right? So, so they all serve each other. They all can feed off each other um, and really defining the systems and the processes to make sure that we're completely streamlined. We have the staff to be able to handle the most amount of business that we'll ever do um, so that we can provide those raving fan experiences. That's really our vision for this company is raving fans across the board, no matter what it is that we're doing. And we're still, you know, in such a infancy stage of our business that um, we're doing a lot right now. So it's really those systems and processes and really um, capitalizing on the fact that we do have five companies that we can feed uh, other people and, be a one-stop shop for our clients. I mean, they love that when they call and they're like, you do this and you handle this and you handle this. And I said, yeah, well, because we've done it the other way and it hasn't worked. You know, I want people to trust, you know, our resources and we will follow through on our promises. All right. So you've said raving fans like five times on this podcast. Flip did, you did. So tell me about it. Why is it so important? What is, uh, what is, what's important about that? It's about the organic growth, right? And the people coming back and you just being, um, gosh, I did a video about this and I, and I explained it the best way that I could. Um, gosh, it's about, okay, let me explain it this way. I'm a raving fan of 7FF because of the value that they bring for the money I'm spending. I will continue to be a member of that group forever and ever and ever because of that balance, right? You give me so much more value than I'm actually paying. I wanna do the exact same thing in our turnkey company, in our renovation company, property management company, I want to be so valuable to them. It's a no-brainer for them to not only stay with us, but organically start telling everybody else about us. Like, this is a crazy, great company, and I'm super impressed. They take care of me. They surprise me with gifts. They surprise me with handwritten cards, which you guys do all the time, too. So it's really, I'm explaining it in a way that 
I'm a raving fan of you, and that's what I want to build for my companies too, the same type of thing. Well, it's amazing to hear that from us because that's been a lot of hard work over the last year. Like we really want to figure that out because I think that you're exactly right. If you have like you, we pay for, for clients, for customers, for whatever we do. Like you're paying, you're spending marketing money for your deals. You're bringing in contractors, you're hiring people, you're, um, and, and our people are some of the most valuable resources, right? We got to pour into them. We got to make sure that they want to stay like they, I want them to be raving fans of the company. And so yeah. people don't want to leave. Like it costs us so much to hire new people or find new people or, you know, 15 times their salary if we hire the wrong person. Like that's mm -hmm. how much it costs. It's, it's crazy. So if we can build that kind of community, just like you're talking about, you're building your community around that, then people are going to bring you deals. People are going to want to, this law of reciprocity starts coming in. They want to start right. referring other turnkey buyers to you. There's um, other contractors that say, hey, can I work for you guys? Can I, mm -hmm. can I go do your roofs? Like, who does your roofs? Like, I, well, I want to do them. And uh, same thing for us. It's like, I want people to be recommending Flip Hacking Live. I want people to be, you know, bringing in uh, somebody into the mastermind saying, you know what, this person, like, I want to learn more from this person. Like, hey, come join us over here. Like, this is, come be a part yes. of this. You, you fit our core values. You're just like us. And then we bring in the right people. We have more Dannys and flips that come in, right? And we have, mm -hmm. if I could have a hundred Danny and flips in there, that's perfect. Like we, from all around the country doing all different things, this is exactly what we need. So um, I, think it, I think it is really, really important, you know, and trying to figure out how to do that, that's the hard part, right? And then, and then really, really committing to it and dialing it in. So mm -hmm. how do you take care of your people? Uh, how do you make sure that they feel that way? How do you ask them? Like sometimes you just ask them like, hey, what do you guys think? You got any feedback for me? Don't be afraid to get feedback. Don't be afraid to, yes. to get that one-star rating on Google and say, hey, what did we do wrong? Let me reach out to this person and say, how can we fix that? Like, what, where did we fail? And take ownership of it and say, That's right. hey, I, we can do better next time. I mean, I got, I got a couple reviews of some people who were newer to the group and like, hey, you know, we're just not really sure exactly where to go for certain things. I say, okay, well, hey, are we, are we a little bit um, unorganized in, in this area? When they come in, are they getting the right emails? Are they getting the right updates? Do they understand what this is and, and how to be a part of it and what, what's more important? So we, we have devised like an entire launch plan for somebody to come in for all these touch points and things. So to make sure that we have the best experience that somebody comes into our mastermind group now. So totally different than you. Like a year ago, it's going to be totally different where, okay, here you get this, then you get this. And every day there's a new update. Let me show you something new. Let me show you some value. And just short periods of time. Like, um, we're talking about raising money. I'm just creating this challenge for people. Like, short, like how do I figure out how to go, if I can go back five years and where I didn't know anything about raising money and I can give you everything that's in my brain right now over 30 days in bite-sized pieces where you only spend an hour or two hours trying to figure out what does this mean? Like all the stuff we talked about today. How do you get to that mindset? How do you get to the, the fact that there's more money out there than there is deals? Like all of the things I just sat down for a week and said, what would I teach myself? And if you can figure out how to hit all those points and walk that customer, walk that person through, then, you know, they're going to love it. They're going to come back and they're going to find something else. Like we're not charging a lot of money for this. Cha this challenge is going to be a hundred dollars. Uh, let's see, I got a hundred dollar bill over here. And the only reason that we're charging a hundred dollars is because I want you people to pay attention. I want them to open exactly. the email. I want them to watch. Yes. watch I don't want your hundred dollars, but if you, if I give it to you for free, you won't, you won't use it. You won't love That's it. Right. You won't. And Danny's like, hey, double the price for seven-figure flipping, done. Like, if I charge you more, you'll pay more attention. You'll take more action. You'll do more things. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. 
but um, <laughs> someday we might. Like someday it might become something where it's like, hey, you know, we we just we've got we're we're just adding so much, adding so many things on here. The value goes up, and now it's it's almost just more of a deterrent for people to say, hey, am I really committed to this? Because mm-hmm. what I find a lot of times is, like you said, the, the, the times where stuff is kind of cheap, it's like, hmm, I don't know if that's, that's that valuable. Like, right. I don't know. Like, if, if I let you into the challenge for free, you would not go out and do all the, the actions and the missions that I'm putting together for you to go do. And that's if right. I charge you 100 bucks, at least then you have to think about it. And what it's going to do is it's going to keep the people out who are like, man, I'm not paying a hundred bucks to raise $500,000 in 30 days or a million in 30 days, or in Danny's case, 3 million in three months, like a million a month. I'm not paying a hundred bucks to learn that stuff. Like that's the, not the person that we want in our world, right? So, that's right. all right. So I, I'm sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now and we can, <laughs> um, we can continue. So um, you kind of cranked me up a little bit. So raving fans, I love it. I'm a raving fan of yours. Sounds like you guys are raising, raising, raving fan of the company, which is absolutely amazing. Like that is the best compliment that I can get. That and a referral are like the best compliments that we can get in what we do. And for somebody that, that pays money to receive a service and says that the service is more valuable than money I paid and I would have paid double is probably the best thing I could ever hear in my journey and mission and what we're doing. And I think the same thing goes is that uh, I interviewed Bob Berg. Uh, he wrote The Go-Giver. And it's that first law. It's that, that exchange of money for value. Like mm-hmm. it has to, it's so important that you add more value than you ask for in payment. And right. when you can get to that level, that is, that's the good stuff. So, all right. What else? What else do you guys got? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you've been quiet. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> Every time I open my mouth, I get in trouble. <laughs> oh man, it's not like my house. Flip. What are you like? What are you working out? What's going on with you for uh, like? What's what's coming up for you? What are some of the big things that you've got going on, and what are you excited about? Uh, right now, my main goal is every day is just to buy properties. Uh, I can't, uh, I can't buy enough properties, it seems. Uh, and so I'm constantly scouring because right now our, our acquisitions team is going through a little overhaul. So I'm the one that's actually doing all the searching and, and doing everything I can to get properties in because um, literally right around the end of April when they started, uh, you know, releasing something, businesses and things in, in Ohio, um, just the, the, our buyers just came back out of the woodwork because they, they went, they went into their holes <laughs> the uh, end of February and they didn't buy anything in March and April. And now they came back out and they're buying everything. And we went from having no sales in May to I think 10 and there's a nine, another nine in June and there's some already in July. And so I've got to fill that pipeline. Um, and so that's my main goal. Uh, but I'm also, um, here in the office, I'm, I'm the, the guy that wears all the hats. So I'm, I'm also the IT guy. I'm the plumber. I'm the, <laughs> the, 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 the print te- printer technician. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and don't let them be too humble. Like, uh, we're teaching our, uh, wholesale team, our acquisition company, um, how to buy deals, um, subject to seller financing. Um, the, um, we got another tip out of the group that we're just showing them different types of offers that you can go and present in order to create win-win situations. And w- with all the private money we're raising, we're buying packages now. So we've got a 15 house package. We've got like 54 unit. We've got another eight unit. You did a nine package just recently. Mm-hmm. So they're doing amazing things. It's just really kind of ramping up through the overhaul and he's kicking butt. 
Well, it sounds like you guys are both kicking butt. So if, uh, it's interesting because you're pushing each other. It's very clear. Like if Danny's raising $3 million, Flip, you got to go figure out how to put that to work. And right. if, if you're buying too many houses, Flip, then you're putting pressure on Danny to go raise more money. So it's, more money. it's got this push-pull, right? And mm -hmm. so, so I don't know. Somebody's probably pushing, somebody's pulling. And then it, it, it's always like, what do we focus on kind of grows? So now you got this money. Now, Flip, you got to go out and get to work to buy all mm -hmm. those houses. And then eventually you're going to go out and put, it, put all that effort in and then build that pipeline. And next thing, you're gonna, next thing you know, you're going to be turning to Danny saying, I need, we need some more money. <laughs> like, exactly. you put all that to work. And it's just the way it goes. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the constant ebb and flow that we do in, uh, in, in this real estate and any business, frankly. Like mm -hmm. uh, right now, my focus is on the marketing efforts of Flip Hacking Live and all these things. So for the seven-figure flipping company, the sales team's doing great, the um, fulfillment team, the, the membership development team's doing great, Vanessa's doing awesome on the event side, and Madison's doing great in the finances. And I'm jumping into the marketing going, okay, we got to create this. We got to do try this new thing. We got to do this. And that's where all of it's going. But then once the tickets start being purchased and the marketing starts working, the next thing you know, like the event team gets slammed because we have to <laughs> like bring a thousand people to an event or 700 people to an event. And it's like, how do we, like, what do we got to, we have to get the, the shirts and the hats and all the stuff. And okay, we, then I'm going to be focused over there. So it's constantly like, Something pops up. It's like that whack-a-mole. Like the thing, the little uh, <laughs> little squirrel pops up. Nice and image. The mole no. pops up and it's like, okay, wait, this one's popping up. And this one's popping up. And we're constantly, I mean, that's the cool thing about being an entrepreneur and a business owner. So we get to have fun. Yep. We get to, we get to whack the moles, you know? And then <laughs> once we, once we, once we got one, we got it. There's another, there's another thing that happens. So I love the fact that I get to problem solve and I get to do all this stuff. And I get to talk to really cool people like you. And I get to produce a podcast that is like my dream. I'm the most uh, I'm not very artsy. I'm not very creative, but I feel like on this, this is like that one thing that I get to do that I really enjoy. So this and live events, for some reason, I like it, even though I'm a, like a closet introvert. So, um, okay. Well, Hey, first of all, like, Hey, what, if somebody wants to lend you guys a bunch of money, where can they go and find you? They want it. They got, they got the extra 500,000. Somebody is listening to this. If you're listening to this, you might have $500,000 to get Danny through her 12 week goal in nine weeks. So make sure that you email her. This is not an offer. This is not a, um, this is not a, um, uh, a non-accredited investor offer. You, this is not an SEC regulated uh, decision, but just send her an email and have a conversation with her. So how do you do that? Okay, my email is danny at freedomrealestategroup.com and Danny is spelled D-A-N as in Nancy, I, and then freedomrealestategroup.com. That's how you can reach awesome. me. We'll put it in the show notes, any website that they can check out or anything like that, or how can they see the uh, expert panel video that you did? Absolutely. So freedomrealestategroup.com. If they go to the private money section, there's a drop down and it's the expert panel video and it's got all of my contact information there, including my cell phone. Whoa. That's dangerous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, freedomrealestategroup.com. Yes. Private money. All right. I'll put it in the show notes. That way, if anybody's driving, they didn't just crash their car and uh, writing stuff down. So we'll put in the show notes. You guys can check it out. And um, I guess I'll see you guys in uh, a month in Atlanta, right? That's right. In Nashville, oh, yes. I can't wait. I, I'm going to figure out how to get a t-shirt that says open for handshakes and hugs. So um, <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I really had a good time. I know that there's some valuable stuff that was shared here today with raving fans, with turnkey real estate, with your background, with money raising, with all that stuff. And um, uh, I don't know. Maybe you know everything that I possibly have in my brain about raising money, but maybe you will join us in our uh, uh, the 30-day 500K giveaway challenge. So 30, 30K 
30 days, 500K money raising challenge. I said giveaway. I'm not giving away 500,000. Um, <laughs> but I'm giving away the tips and the secrets and the tricks to raise that money. So if anybody's interested in that, you can go to 500kchallenge.com. So the number of 500kchallenge.com and you can sign up. Um, like I said, this is probably the first time I announced how much it's going to cost. It's going to be a hundred bucks and uh, jump in 30 days, a bunch of videos, assignments, stuff like that. Um, trainings, really good stuff. Again, I'm not an SEC attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not any of those things, but I am a guy who has raised probably over $10 million up to this point um, for real estate investment deals. And I'm just sharing some of the tips and tricks that I've used in all of that. And it's good for apartment investors, Airbnb buyers, land developers, uh, rental owners, turnkey people, flippers, wholesalers, anybody, everybody needs money. So That's right. um, I think it's going to be cool. I think we're going to see this like huge wave of people jump in. It's going to be like a little movement of uh, people going out there and seeing what they can do. And the biggest thing that I'll say with raising money is you just heard Danny talk about a $3 million goal in a quarter. Uh, you, you just heard me mention that I've raised over $10 million over the past like five years. And what you're going to see is everybody needs something different. Don't make your goal so big that you beat yourself up on achieving that goal. And mm -hmm. if like start with a hundred, if you never raised money before, that 30-day challenge should be getting the baseline structure and foundation and understanding of what you need to do to talk to different people. And it might be the fact that you might raise $50,000 or $100,000 or you start the snowball. And then there's somebody who's like Danny could jump in there and raise $3 million in 30 days potentially with some of the things that we're talking about is some of the, just one little tip, one little change in, in the mindset. So um, the biggest thing is I, I find everybody, we, you, you hear 500K in 30 days and you're like, that's what I have to do. Well, uh, that for me, that's, I think it's, I think it's possible that somebody could go in not really knowing much that's doing deals right now and using hard money to turn around and figure out how to raise $500,000 from their warm network. So I don't think it's unreasonable to say. Um, but as I'm going through and building this out, it's, I can see people get kind of caught up in that. I remember when we did our race to a million, um, in seven figure flipping, it left a couple people in the wake of it. And I certainly don't want that to happen here and go out there and be like, oh, I have, I'm in this huge race to 30, uh, to $500,000 in 30 days. It's a uh, go. Everybody's going to go at their own pace and they're going to find their stride in it. And there's going to be a lot of good stuff in there. So, um, and who knows, maybe I'll talk to Danny about, uh, figuring out how to use this, uh, use this interview, use some of the stuff that we talked about. There's some cool tips in here. Uh, maybe I'll rip them off and, and duplicate them for myself. Like I've done everything else. So, uh, thanks so much guys for coming. I really appreciate it. It was amazing. I, I can't wait to see you, um, next month and I can't wait to see you guys at Flippacking Live too. Yes. Thank awesome. you so much. We appreciate you having thank, us. Thank you so much. All right. Bye guys. All right, everybody. How awesome was that? $3 million in 12 weeks. They're at two and a half million after eight weeks. This is absolutely incredible. We talked about a ton of different stuff. We talked about turnkey investments. We talked about raising private money. We talked about what their business looks like and where they're going. Uh, over 26 employees right now, over a thousand deals that they've done. Absolutely amazing. Five different companies. They've got a lot going on. My favorite part was the fact that they gave us a ton of compliments of being our raving fans for seven figure flipping. And I didn't expect that. Absolutely amazing. Um, I can't wait to see them at our next event at Flip Hacking Live and everything. So we talked a lot about this money raising challenge towards the end. And what I want to do is I want to invite you guys to go to 500kchallenge.com. So go to 500, the number 500kchallenge.com and jump in. Drop your email address in there. If we're open for enrollment, then enroll in the program, enroll in our challenge. A challenge is starting every single day. So you can jump in, you can get rolling, you can get access to it. Starting on July 1st, we're gonna start opening up this challenge. So starting July 1st, every single day, 
this challenge is going to be available and accessible to you. And it's going to lead us up to exactly where we need to be as we start doing our presentations at Flip Hacking Live about raising money and building our businesses. So this is the foundation that I think will really help you. And it's going to be a lot of fun for us. Small investment, great return, great opportunity. Go to 500kchallenge.com and check it out. I'll see you guys inside there. Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.